Hello and welcome to another episode of National Leprechaun Museum Talking Stories, uh, the podcast of folklore, mythology, stories and chat from the storytellers of the National Leprechaun Museum. Uh, I'm Eleanor and joining us today is Poddy. Hello, interwebs. Hello, Poddy, says the interwebs. <laughs> I'm never doing that again. Good. And today's story is a story of a, of a voyage, of a very long and strange journey. But before an we get to that, journey. an arduous, arduous is the word, mm. but... Um, here in here in Ireland, uh, as we record this podcast, uh, from today I believe is um, Intercounty Travel Day. Intercounty Travel Day. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, finally, leave your county. Yep. Yeah. Go down out to the west of Ireland. Gaze out at the blue green waters of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Have a lovely time. Yes, indeed. Yeah. If you're uh, if you're from the west of Ireland, you've been if you've been there this whole lockdown, you can you can also stay because I, if we outside it wouldn't know why you'd leave. But you're you know you might Aye. be desperate to get out of it as well and see somewhere new. Oh yeah, Kerry people might go to Sligo and Sligo people might go to Kerry. Yes. Yeah. Mhm. Bit of adventure. A bit of an adventure. Mhm. Exactly right. Is there anywhere um, you're thinking of going in the next while? Maybe not immediately, but. Uh, I I think I'd like a cabin in the woods somewhere. Mm. Would be nice. Um, somewhere do some forest bathing, going out and experiencing yeah. nature. I think is the is the way I want to go with mm. it. That sounds lovely. Yeah. I don't want to say Dublin is a great as as capital cities go. Um, you know, you're very close to lots of different nature. You yes. know, we've got you have the, the sea and the coast and the forest and the mountains. Um, but at the same time, you'd miss the nature now. Yeah. Being here in Dublin. Dublin has the Europe, what is it, Europe's largest public park. Yes. Yes, indeed. We are we are lucky here. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you need no matter how, uh, even if this city is more like a village, sometimes mm. you do still need to get out of it. Yes, indeed. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to maybe over the summer um, traveling around Ireland a little, um, going to stay in different places, maybe down in, in, in Cork and Galway. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm looking forward to, to, to going home for a spell as well, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. All sounds good. Um, so today's story is about a very special person. It's about uh, St. Brendan. Mm-hmm. Brendan the Navigator. Brendan of Clonfert, one of the 12 apostles to Ireland. Ireland has 12 main big, big saints that are mm-hmm. called the apostles to Ireland. Uh, Brendan is, like myself, a, a Kerry man, though he, he ended up in Galway. And that's why he's called Brendan of Clonfert sometimes. Uh, he's very early saint, 482. Okay. 480, yeah, 484. 484. Oh, quite an early saint. Yes, uh, indeed. Born near Tralee, uh, close to Fenish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Was he from um, Ardfert? Thereabouts, yeah. Mm. Yeah. He was he was uh, blessed in, at Ardfert. That was where his baptism was. Ah. Um, Urk of Slain, which is the is a great name for a saint, I think. Urk of Slain. Yes. Was the, was the presiding um uh, priest, I suppose you'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Urk has a Saint Urk has a has a, a well that you can go visit near Ardfert as well. I think. 
yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's gorgeous. There's uh, like a fairy tree there as well. Yeah. It's a beautiful neck of the woods. Today. Yeah, beautiful milk in Ardfort as well. They obviously raised their cows very nice, <laughs> very well. Mm. Mm, yeah. Is it my feeling that? Um, uh, Saint Brendan would be our third saint in Ireland. Uh, I suppose, yeah. Um, there's a lot of he's the third of the uh, of the big ones. Mm. I would say there's a lot of minor figures going around at the same time, like Urquhart mm. that are um, do just keep maintenance. I suppose you call yeah. them. They're the ones that keep, keep topping up the Christianity. Topping up the Christianity everywhere <laughs> before the next big push. Yeah. Um, uh, St. Brendan is known as uh, Brendan the Navigator. Yes, because uh. he's most famous for his uh, his journey out to the West, out to the, the New World, out to the Blessed Lands, mm-hmm. as, uh, as, they, as they're called. The, most cultures have an Odyssey myth, whether it's Odysseus himself in Greece or uh, Aeneas in, in Rome, both of those fleeing Troy. Um, most cultures will have that kind of odyssey myth but odyssey myths were so popular in ireland that it became a genre of storytelling uh, called uh, an, an imrama or an imrav osgwelga uh, um, the big ones are of course the voyage of bran uh, bran uh, is a high king who is very much in want of a wife and uh, of course a woman comes uh, from Tirnanog and takes him away mm-hmm. and uh, he and his his 12 friends uh, sail out but just like Oshin in the original story of Tirnanog they find that a lot more time has passed uh, in the fairylands and so they can't step foot on Ireland anymore without aging terribly mm-hmm. so they continue to remain on their boat and to, to, to tour the world mm. after after their voyage. There's an island in the voyage of Bran where everyone is laughing and can't stop laughing. And everyone on the boat is like, what are they laughing at? And so they send a guy uh, to shore to see what everyone finds so funny. But of course, the minute he hits shore, he begins to laugh hysterically as well. And then they're like, well, we've lost him. <laughs> let's keep going and let's see what we find next. Oh my God. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, uh, the Voyage of Maeldun is a kind of a revenge story. Uh, the interesting thing about, well, there are lots of interesting things about um, the Voyage of Maeldun, but its connection to today's story is that what happened was that there's a very early copy of the voyage of Maeldun and there's a very early copy of the voyage of Brendan and Brendan's the original Brendan story is copying some of the parts of the voyage of Maeldun but the voyage of Brendan becomes so popular that later copies of the voyage of Maeldun included parts of the Brendan voyage so there are examples of two stories that that aren't necessarily exact copies of each other but are influenced by each other in big ways so that you can no longer understand which came first the chicken or the egg wow yeah and Imram's um aren't really um a straightforward a to b adventure story there's no, no. um there's usually you know all these stops at these really strange yeah. and fantastic islands along the way like in 
The mm. Odyssey. Yeah, and the, the Voyage of Bran, you, they can't come home. So mm. it just has to keep going and going and going forever, mm-hmm. their trip. Um, and the Voyage of Maeldun is quite dark, ends, uh, ends with a murder, I believe. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, the, it's a genre of writing, but there's a lot of variety within the genre. Mm. Obviously, St. Brendan is, is going out to the West because he feels called mm-hmm. uh, by God to go out there and um, and and meet the various people. Um, he might have been searching for the Garden of Eden as well. Yeah, you know? there, yeah, there's there's that idea. There's a very early Dutch uh, version of the voyage of Brendan because Europe, the borders were quite more fluid than you can imagine <laughs> uh, the Dutch uh, the Dutch version declares that Brendan uh, reads a book of uh, Christian miracles and can't believe that all the miracles are true so he throws the book of miracles uh, into the fire and an angel comes down and punishes him for his unbelief oh my so he, he must go out into the west and uh, see all these fabulous sights and realize that there's more to this reality than meets the eye wow then, yeah like the line in uh, hamlet there's um there's more to this world than is thought of in your philosophy i didn't know that part about this sort of crisis of faith and for a for a saint for a monk yeah it's not yeah. obviously it's not in the irish version it's not taught in schools but mm. a very early like when we go to the records of the 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 manuscripts of the main sources for the Brendan voyage, mm. we're re- we're reading that document because it's um, it's not in ancient Irish. It's it's mostly in uh, old German. So it's it's a it's um, a language that we perhaps that scholars sometimes understand a lot better. Yeah. Uh, than some of the dialects of Irish. <laughs> now there are Gaelic words thrown into it, but. Um, but it is in old German, so it's uh, easier to read for some people. Mm-hmm. Reaches a broader, o- broader audience. Yeah, of, uh. of old German scholars. Yeah. Of old German. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and today's story is brought to us by the director of the National Leprechaun Museum, Tom, Tom O'Rahilly. Uh And this is his... The boss, the big the man. The boss. The big man, the boss our of, boss. The boss of the bosses. <laughs> um, and he, he runs the National Leprechaun Museum and this is his, his first story on the podcast as yeah. well. Uh, which we're very excited to have. Yeah. yeah. Really? It's, um, it's kind of a treat to hear Tom tell a story. It surely is. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, let's hear from him now. To get there, you have to go to the southwest of Ireland and then out onto the Dinga Peninsula where Ireland dips its toe into the Atlantic and then you have to go right around Mount Brandon till the road runs out so you could say that Brandon Creek isn't on the way to anywhere. The creek itself is unassuming and runs under a bridge that looks like it was meant for its bigger brother before it slips into the short but deep harbour. Long Atlantic rollers sweep along the cliff walls and the harbour itself is just a little elbow tucked behind the cliffs, protecting it from the worst of the Atlantic weather. 
but it was from here that St. Brendan, nearly 1,500 years ago, set off for the New World. That morning, with the last of the provisions on board, Brendan was standing on the deck and about to say goodbye when three monks came running down to the pier. Brendan numbered them in excess of the 14 brothers already on board, and he acknowledged one of them but seemed to give no account of the others, as if the dangers of the journey had already spoken for them. We knew there were a few penitents undertaking the perilous journey for some deep sins, leaving the consequences of their actions behind and hoping that time and tide might wash them clean. Brendan turned to the small crowd and addressed them. Committing ourselves to this slight craft, we look back on the land and its certainty. Green fields and careful enclosures are behind us now. The uncertainty is our home. We'll follow the fickle winds and plough furrows of foam. Or are we afraid of our own imaginations and our trust in the world of the Lord shaken? We venture forth on wind and wave. We are on a pilgrim's journey. The sea is not an end in itself. And whatever else he had to say, the wind suddenly seized the words, cast them upwards, sea-flecked into the blue vaults of heaven. The ropes on the boat were loosed and the tiny graft was whipped out to sea by the same gust, as if there was no time to lose and the journey of years was begun in an instant. Now the tiny boat dipped between the rollers and we lost it to sight each time the waves separated it, but it reappeared further and further away every time it crested over a new wave. Three days later, the monks reached the island of Inish Boffin, a holy island off the coast of Donegal. There they took on water, and Brendan walked three times round the island, and then sailed out west into the vast blue ocean, leaving behind him the last of Erin. Now it was a journey of 600 nights at sea, a journey first considered when Brendan heard of the mysterious islands beyond the horizon, and he thought of man's small knowledge of the Creator's vast world and what it might mean. But that was years ago. They sailed that summer, heading north to the region of the midnight sun, and no clock could measure the sun-filled nights, and no one knew the day from the night or the night from the day. Week after week, the tiny leather boat rolled on the sea, in that sea-soaked sack, they prayed for land and salvation as the little craft drew upwards on the great Atlantic rollers and held then at the top to drop and drop, sloping down to some unknown bottom, heaving and creaking all the while that only exhaustion allowed for the comfort of sleep. After weeks at sea, they saw a cloud floating over the sea and knew it must mean land. As they neared, a sulphurous stench stench filled their noses but desperate for land they endured the foul smell and stepped onto the island but as soon as they did their soaking sandals began to steam from the heat the whole island was hot under their feet and as they advanced they saw a river of fire flowing down into the sea and the steam rising up to join the clouds above their heads indeed it was like an earthly vision of hell itself and they left the island and put out to sea next They saw an island rising from the sea with crystal arches glistening in the sunlight upon which no landing could be made. A week and then another, then a fleck on the horizon, land, another island. This island seemed deserted, but it did not stink. They sailed around and on the far side 
they saw a building. The monks disembarked. They found it was a long dining hall, and as the door was open, they went inside. On the table were silver plates laden with fine food and goblets full of wine. A feast for starving men. After prayers of thanksgiving, each ate their fill and lay down on the straw bedding around the room. In the morning they awoke, and the table was filled once more with pastries and fruits, fresh cheeses and warm baked bread, figs drenched in honey, prunes and red wine, and silver jugs of water, milk and mead, cakes of fruit, sugared nuts, and large steaming bowl of warm porridge with cream and jam. Silverware and crystal adorned every inch of the massive table. The monks were astonished and soon felt eating. But Brendan was alarmed that the monks were devouring the food which had so strangely appeared on the table, and he ordered them to stop. He felt some malign influences at work, and he ordered the monks back to the boat. They were making their way down to the shore when a demon appeared from the hall. It started shrieking and smelling the air, and then listening and then shrieking again, and soon it got the scent of the monks, and began, on all fours, chasing after them. One monk was far behind the others, and struggling to keep up. The demon caught up with him, and grabbed him by an ankle, and lifted him up, and with that a silver dish fell from his habit onto the ground. The demon twisted the monk around and grabbed the other ankle with its hind leg and started pulling him apart. There were not many tempted to look back at that grisly scene and Brendan absolved the dying man of his sins. The next day a bank of cloud settled round the boat and they drifted for days. Eventually the fog lifted and in the distance they saw a rock appearing and disappearing beneath the waves. The sea was white around it, and the rock was clearly visible each time the waves parted, but each time the waters closed over it, only the white foam on the water indicated its location. And although they didn't wish to get any closer for fear of wrecking the boat, they were drawn towards it by tide and wind, and perhaps some unseen hand. As they got closer, they saw something on the rock, and as they drifted even nearer, they could make it out. It was a man naked except for the chains and ropes that lashed into the rock. Waves rose over the rock for minutes on end, completely submerging him, and each time they dropped, the man reappeared and gasped lungfuls of air before the next wave arrived, yet he didn't seem distressed. Getting his attention, Brendan shouted to him in Latin, asking him his name. They waited for the wave to decide on an answer. Judas Iscariot came the reply, then another wave. In this way they discovered that Jesus had taken pity on Judas and released her from hell one day a week. Each Sunday he woke a lash to the rock and covered in water. It was a great relief, he said, from the fires of eternal damnation. And given that it was a Sunday, Mass was said, and they left that place. Eventually, and after many adventures, they reached that terra incognita which seemed to be attached to some great landmass. They went as far as a great river, and although they were tempted to cross it, Brendan said that it would be a new journey and they'd best finish the one they were on. It was not without adventure that they reached the small islet or inlet of Brandon Creek once more. That no one had given him up for dead was a testament to the spirit of adventure and confidence that Brendan channeled from his faith. Now, 
This is part of the journey and the adventures here are too many for me to count right now. But I've included some of those that might be less familiar to our ears. Gumani Deev. Wow, <laughs> that's a uh, that's some story, um, and great to hear Tom. I uh, I love Tom's little turns of phrase. Yes, when he says that, uh, when he describes the peninsula as Ireland dipping its toe into the into the Atlantic, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I really like that, and I also like the description of the harbour as being like a, an elbow, <laughs> an elbow protecting oh, uh, yeah. the harbour from uh, the, the worst mm-hmm. weather of the Atlantic. Uh, the Brendan voyage itself, um, yeah, Tom really uh, brings it home, the, the fact that it's a tiny leather boat yeah. in the Atlantic. Yes. Oh, it waves a mile high, maybe. Uh, and you're just huddled together, you and... Uh, what was it? Uh, three unbelievers and twelve other guys. Yes. So you're sixteen of them. Sixteen of them in the boat. It, wow. And uh, not and just you know going out west as 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 far and as wide as they can, not knowing what's going to be on the other side. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the the description of the island where they are given all the beautiful food. Mm. I can imagine after being some weeks at sea, when you're eating nothing but salt fish mm-hmm. and drinking uh, and eating stale bread and drinking water, that uh, fruit and nuts and everything would be really, really palatable. Of course. Yeah. Uh, the stealing of the platter and being haunted by the devil as well. That was one, that was like when he said it it reminded me of my school days and oh yes that was in it but uh what the devil uh, and the silver platter that was that was interesting i didn't remember it from hearing this story in my school days ah uh, but where did you go to school Anna? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough yeah we were uh, even our when i was in secondary school even even the how uh, even the houses the the classes of where we were called mm. were div- were divided into sites associated with Ireland's famous saints. Oh my so gosh. like we we had a Clan Fert group and we had a Clan McNoise group and that kind of thing. But we also had an Art Fert group in in the school. Even though it was a comprehensive school, <laughs> yeah. we were still divided up into monastic sites. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. that says that says it all. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds in all about mm-hmm. schooling in Ireland. Uh, but um, I love the, 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 the speech that Brendan gives before they all set out yeah. onto the sea. That um, the, the, the sea, you know, the sea isn't an end unto itself. Are you, are you not, af- uh, don't be afraid of your own imaginations. Yeah. And describing the land as the, the reliable one, I think, was, yeah. was, 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 was really mm-hmm. uh, quite good. Uh, when they, like Judas Iscariot, when they meet him on the rock, that he, um, it, it gives you an insight into people's psychology that uh, people in that time, although 
God for them was a much much uh, was much closer to hand and was perhaps not as uh, lovey dovey I suppose mm. as we'd say now God was a bit of a, a stricter taskmaster for these people. But even then, they saw the eternal damnation of Judas Iscariot, and they and they thought, no, no, he would be given some reprieve. Yes, he would be given a day off of hell <laughs> once a week, uh, but that day off of hell was chained to a rock. Yeah, and again, it's a little bit like uh, it's a little bit like the other Greek myth again, bringing in Prometheus, from, uh, Prometheus chained to the rock. Mm. And one version describes uh, Judas as being half frozen and half burnt. Oh. So, very painful situation yeah. to be in. So, he doesn't get off too lightly or anything. No. But it's But it's no. still an interesting idea of, of yeah. Jesus taking pity on him. Yeah, definitely. It shows the, the mindset that, you know, wouldn't be too harsh. No. Uh, and uh, he meets... Uh, Paul the hermit who at one stage of the voyage mm. and Paul is described as having lived uh, the perfect life for 60 years and his clothes are all made out of hair and uh, he is being fed uh, by an otter <laughs> I, I love the image of just having an otter butler around your yeah. monastic cell at the end, edge of the world going well, what shall we eat today uh, Oh, I don't know, fish and stale bread. Same thing we eat every day. <laughs> 60 years to train up an otter. Yeah. <laughs> for your Welcome butler. to Paul the Hermit's otter training school. <laughs> <laughs> we thought you were a monk. Oh, yes, I do that as well. Yes. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> you know how you're so good at holding rocks? Here's a tray. <laughs> And the kettle. And it mentions a silver platter as well. So we're not, yeah. You know, we're not making this up out of whole cloth. No. Oh. But um, for for many years, um, there was a lot of of, of back and forth about um, about how 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 possible the the, the journey of of Saint Brendan was and the. Um, yeah. The, the the island that he he ended up landing on St Brendan's Island. Yeah, given the the style of boat construction at the at the time, using mm-hmm. uh, wattle mm-hmm. uh, and uh, flimsy uh, flimsy timbers and mm-hmm. uh, leather to cover the whole. Coracle. Yeah, coracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost almost round. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I believe you can uh, see a coracle in uh, Wild Mountain Time. <laughs> they depict one for some reason. Um, but um, St. Brendan's Island was on, um, even though they don't really think it, it exists anymore, uh, was on maps for hundreds of years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The um, high Brazil, yeah. The, um, that it was there and... Uh, tradition mm-hmm. says that he it wasn't uh, he, what he'd really done was land on an island in the Mississippi. Oh, yeah, that was one was one theory mm-hmm. because of the the various uh, descriptions. The the one that always gets me though is the beast, the uh, Jasconius yeah. or Jansenconius, whichever way you want mm-hmm. to pronounce it. Stopping at a beast, which is essentially a giant, it's a giant whale particularly big even by whale standards Mm. they stop they look around no one realizes that this is not a 
a creature that it's actually land. <laughs> and then they get there and they get all their stuff together and they light the fire. And it's then that the beast realizes that there's something on its back. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, Jesus, was the beast asleep? Uh, did their tiny, the tiny pattern of their monk sandals <laughs> not wake it up? And then it gets itchy and it turns out it's being set on fire. Oh, I'm burning up, I'm burning up. Am I getting a tan? <laughs> and it probably rises up out of the water oh, with yeah. the monks all scrambling. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it's a great image. It is a great image. Yeah. Yes. And what a great name for us, Jasconius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Soon to be played by Chris Hemsworth in a film. <laughs> Brendan, I mean, not, not Jasconius. That's literally what I was thinking. I thought we were going to make some sort of joke about um, landing on Chris Hemsworth's back. Or... Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You can work that one out for yourselves, guys. Yeah. And, you know, um, I I... I can see a kind of correlation between the Brendan voyage, uh, which is really, as I, as I said at the start, a really early story, mm. uh, and um, Moby Dick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, co- I can imagine that without, without one, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have had the other. And uh, the rhyme of the ancient mariner as well, um, uh, in in the Christy Moore song about St. Brendan, mm. uh, um, Christy Moore includes the albatross uh, from the rhyme of the ancient mariner, uh, perhaps suggesting a link between um, the Coleridge poem and, um, uh, and St. Brendan's voyage. But uh, the line from the Coleridge poem, water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. Water, water everywhere, and all the boards to shrink. I yeah, it must be applicable to this story, this Brendan voyage as well. Yes, indeed. Fourteen men on a tiny boat, not enough water, not enough to eat. They land on an island. Uh, they're given a lot of food, mm-hmm. and they find out that they can't really have it. It's rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some people who still believe that um, Saint Brendan did in fact f- reach America. Yeah. Um, before the Vikings before the Vikings yeah. and Tim Severin the explorer proved that it's possible yes indeed uh, he sailed 4,500 miles from Ireland all the way to Newfoundland in a replica of the the sort of little boat that um, that St. Brendan would have sailed in so Tim Severin's thing he died last year but he liked to recreate these historical voyages yeah. and see if they could have happened or did happen or how they would have happened Built the uh, built the boats in question, and mm-hmm. yeah, even the the Viking longship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you don't get much of that kind of exploring anymore. No new worlds to conquer, I suppose. But no, uh, space now. Space, yes. I suppose. Yeah, that that uh, that I suppose will be the next um, Brendan voyage. That will be the next mm-hmm. uh, great odyssey yes. uh, when we go out into space. Yeah, which Irish saint? will go out and explore space. <laughs> Saint Eta, I think, because Saint <laughs> Eta could, uh, it seemed, could do anything. At one stage, Saint Eta brought a man uh, back to life who had been decapitated. Oh, wow. So she, uh, she basically just put the head back on the body. So if she can do that, I'm pretty sure she would be uh, useful uh, in space exploration. Yeah. 
now very much and then they're saying Ruadon as well who could uh, predict the future down to the to, down to the um, uh, minus detail my uh, tiniest detail so he would be very useful as well yes it's these tiny details you have to get when you're working out these calculations yeah. to go to space and of course Saint Finbar of Cork when he died the Sun stood in place for two weeks Wow! In the sky, uh, supposedly. Uh, so I imagine he would be uh, quite useful mm -hmm. as well um, on a on a space journey if he can stop the planets and the stars moving. <laughs> but you're right in that um, exploring exploring the world isn't what it used to be. No, now that we've no. figured most of it out. Yeah, they tell us that we still don't know a fraction of what's under the under the sea, but. Mm. At the same time, it's not as... We kind of know what's down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we kind of know what's down there. So there'll be nothing surprising. No. Whereas if they find life on Ganymede or Europa or one mm -hmm. of the moons of Jupiter, that will be special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, it's sort of... It's hard to... Um, I guess fathom now the, the 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 prospect or the idea of in Brendan's time or even a thousand years after Brendan's time in Columbus's time hmm. um you know the the prospect of just sailing out towards the horizon and not knowing where you might end up or what might be there yeah for the people of ancient Europe Ireland was the edge of the world yes it was uh, Hibernia the land of eternal winter where the yeah. where the dead gathered as they waited to move on into the next mm -hmm. life, you know, an island of uh, gods and monsters. The last vestiges of civilization, if if that. Yeah, <laughs> before the great unknown out into the west. Mm. And uh, perhaps the reason why the uh, Imruf or Imrama, whichever way if you want to say it in English or in Irish, uh, was so popular here was because when you look out west of Ireland, most people did not know what was beyond the horizon. No. Yeah, uh, um, you know, people say that Brendan was describing Iceland when he's describing all the fire and the brimstone and that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. how do you know? How yeah. do you know? It's all a great mystery. Yes, indeed. Um, of course, uh, Saint Brendan is still looking out towards the horizon uh, down in Phoenix in yes. County Kerry. There's this enormous, huge bronze uh, statue of him. Um, have you been down to it? He's looking out towards yeah. and pointing towards uh, the coast. It's our, the statue itself is 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 right on the coast, uh, yeah. and he's looking out and pointing towards the horizon with his mouth open like ah. And his um, it's it, and it is huge. If you were to to go up and stand right up to it, you don't your head might be, or at least my head, uh, might only be around his shins. Wow. Or his calves. That's that's big. Yeah. Have you been to it? Um, I, I have seen it from a distance, but I didn't stand and measure myself against <laughs> it, unfortunately. Maybe I should have done. You already know you're tall. <laughs> um, all of this talk about uh, uh, long journeys and and deprivation has made me very hungry, Eleanor. Okay. So I think will we will will we go and we have a bite to eat. That sounds great, Paddy. 
Okay, we'll leave it there. So thank you so much for joining me, Paddy, and for talking about and listening to the St. Brendan's Voyage with me. It was it was a real pre- a pleasure. I recommend uh, the whole area of uh, Brendan's life and uh, growing up days around Ardfort there and lovely part of the world. Indeed it is. Uh, thanks so much to Tom for sharing this story with us and thank you to you for listening. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks time with another episode. Uh, if you enjoy our podcast, please share and subscribe and uh, let your friends and your, your enemies and your own travelling companions know about us. Uh, thank you so much and we'll be back with a new episode very soon. Goodbye. Bye.